you're anyway yeah my voice sounds crazy but what's fucking new every week i know i sound like a different person to you guys but trust me when i say i cannot help it my voice is just it just sounds horrible like i don't understand what it is one week it's raspy one week it's normal one week it's a little cracked one week it's a little deeper and then one week it's pretty normal but when i tell you guys i try i try to drink like hot water tea all that so yeah i'm just gonna have to do it my voice sounds fucking crazy so what has been happening with my week a lot of random shit has been happening a lot I found myself going into clubs that are 23 and older for women, 25 and older for men. And I'm just thinking to myself, yes, I know you guys, what you're about to say, we're still in a pandemic. Yes, we are. But your girls, I I need to have some fun. I'm sorry. I live in Florida. I'm part of the statistic. I'm not saying I go absolutely everywhere. I'm not saying I don't follow a lot of the procedures. I went in with a mask. I go most places with a mask. I carry my sani everywhere. But I will tell you, I'll be out. So, yeah, we're going to skip that. Ain't no, I don't tolerate slander, nor do I care for it. So, fuck it. I was out. I went out. Anyway, it was fucking 23 and older for women, 25 and older for men. When I got to the door and I learned that, I literally said to myself, 30 is just five years away. Five years. That's it. That's all I have until I'm 30. It's not even a full five years. It's four years and um I wanna say ten months. I don't I don't wanna get there. I heard that 30 is when you look your best as a woman and whatever, but I'm not gonna lie to y'all. I'm not ready for that. I'm really not. I'm not even ready for 26. God damn it. I'm not ready for it. And I'm not ready to be grown as hell and able to get into a club that's 23 or older. 23 or older. I remember when I had so many fucking fake IDs when I first moved to Orlando just to get into the bars. I had so many fake IDs. Even in the club. I tried to get into the club. I should have just used 18 and up. But you feel me like I'm trying to drink. I'm not going out to stand around. I don't understand how people do that. Yes, I've had over, I want to say, um, <laughs> I want to say like probably close to like 12 to 15 IDs taken in Orlando between the years of 2015 and 20, I was already 21 in 2017. So I would say, let me go with like halfway through 2014 start of 2015 to the end of 2016 I was using hella fake IDs and yeah sometimes I got caught sometimes I didn't but you know either way I was fucking drunk that night but anyways I'm grown as fuck so I realized how old I was from this experience but I also realized absolutely nothing I was bored in the club throwback joints felt like cleaning When I walked in, I said, my sister hangs out here. She's almost 40. I love her, but that's what I learned from that. And it really hurt my feelings. It really did. So, yeah, I'm getting older. Life is going by. But, okay, so you guys remember last week, if those of you who are avid listeners, I fuck with you. 
But last week I spoke about how I I think I'm pretty sure I told you guys about the guy that kept asking me to hang out and it was like I was not feeling it. Anyways, I had hung out with him. I went in jet ski. I crashed his jet ski. Yeah, so we're going to fast forward. I work different. Um, I work this party called Sundays. And there's, like, regulars there that I always see, like, because I'm a VIP waitress. And I don't really know their names. I don't know them besides the events. I just know that they always come. So I'm like, ha, ah, fake as fuck. Just want my money. Let me go. So one of the guys there completely don't know, don't remember. I don't know his name like that. I don't know how he knows me. I mean, I know he knows me from the event, but I don't know exactly when we met. I just know. I know his face. And when people are friendly and they're like, oh, you know, blah, blah, blah. I'm just trying to get my money. So I'm like, oh, ha, ha. He goes, hey, why you ain't tell me you trashed? Why you ain't tell me you crashed a jet ski? First of all, how do you know this, sir? How? How do you know this? I don't understand. I don't understand who told you this, how it happened, because I didn't tell nobody. My friends didn't tell nobody. Nobody knows you. So you must know the guy. So he must be talking about me. Keep in mind, y'all, this man is like 40 years old. I don't understand. I don't understand why. And I don't know if it's just Orlando. But why men need to talk about women that they have no dealings with. He probably was sitting there telling his friends, oh, my God, I hung out with this girl, blah, blah, blah. Really? He didn't even get a hug from me. No, nothing. Why is it relevant? Why is it relevant about the jet ski? Why? I, like, I don't know. I could just be tripping. Like, I don't want anybody to know like that. So why is he telling people? But in my opinion, I just feel like it's unnecessary. You shouldn't have to do that. I kind of feel weird right now. I'm talking to myself about um, why people would tell other people what's going on. But basically, I'm talking to myself right now to you guys. So yeah, I really can't talk about anybody, but whatever. That's the update. That's what's really been going on um, in my life. And then also, I've been at the beach all day. I'm tired as hell. And I got beat up by the waves at New Smyrna. New Smyrna? New Smyrna Beach. Yeah. Y'all know, I can't talk sometimes. I mean, between my voice cracking and me me not knowing how to pronounce certain words or getting tongue twisted for no absolutely no reason. Bear with me. But anyways, I went to beach today. Got my ass kicked by the ways. I'm tired as hell right now. But one bonus from me going to the beach is I discovered, and I don't care what anybody says because y'all drink Mike's Hard Lemonade and White Claws and Truly's and all that extra shit. Yes, I like Lamaritas, but mostly I like the flavored Ritas. So strawberry Rita's cool, mango's cool. I discovered watermelon Rita's. And when I tell y'all, this shit is delicious. It is scrumptious. It's crisp. It's fresh. It makes me think of summer. This shit is good. And I was like, hell yeah, I found a good drink. Something easy to drink too. Like I like, I like to take shots and I like to drink hard liquor. But I babysit my drinks when it's hard liquor. And when I'm in the sun, I don't really like hard liquor. I like something like a seltzer drink or a margarita, something mixed, something kind of sweet. Give me a little fruit in my mouth, you know, a little bit of flavor. I don't like it so harsh um, when I'm going to be, like, in the sun. So this shit is the perfect summer drink. I'm trying to make popsicles out of it. So next week, I'll let y'all know how the popsicles turned out. 
because obviously they're freezing right now. But yeah, I'll let y'all know how that goes. I know every week I talk about my drinking habits, but they're switching up. I have flavors for all the different things. I'm just saying, I don't think it's a problem that I have. I think it's just a habit that I have. So I don't think I have a drinking problem. I think I have I think I have a habit of drinking a lot. And yeah, that's what I'm just run- that's what I'm running with. That's how it goes. That brings me to the first topic of the night. I want to talk Travis Scott and this McDonald's burger. So earlier in the week, we seen teasers from McDonald's. They posted a cactus in a, in like a little burger emoji and then Travis Scott quoted it and put a picture up and said, Cactus Jack for McDonald's. Hmm. Okay. I see it. Um, Anything Travis Scott does definitely is very, um, how do you say it? I, I put him in the category of, I love Travis Scott. I think he's amazingly creative. I'm not knocking, not, not knocking him at all. I'm just saying. The people, anytime Travis Scott does something, clothing-wise, you know, any type of creativity, the hype beasts get on it. It has a very supreme effect to it. So, therefore, if you are invested into the stock market, I think that McDonald's stock is about to go up. As soon as this burger drops, it's going to go up. Anything that he really touches is gold. And also, is he attracts such a young crowd that's interested in things like eating McDonald's or doesn't really understand that it's not something that we should be excited to create. Definitely appealing to like a, I'm just going to try it because it's a new thing. I'm not going to lie to y'all. When I'm drunk, I do eat McDonald's, but I will tell y'all that I justify sometimes eating bad things like when I'm pissy drunk and want to eat McDonald's or I eat Wendy's when I'm like high as fuck, um, Taco Bell, you know, all, places like that, even Chick-fil-A, shit, all these places, I honestly, if I see a celebrity that has eaten them, like, whatever, like, the Kardashians eat McDonald's, when Ocho Cinco came to Orlando, he ordered hella McDonald's to tear, that's how I justify eating fast food sometimes, and it's really sad to say that I'm one of those people, but I am. I am. I'm not going to lie to y'all. But should celebrities really be promoting fast food at all? Because I don't understand it. I feel like a lot of celebrities, let's say like Beyonce going vegan, J-Lo, I don't know if she's fucking vegan, but she definitely looks like it. Her body is fire. Um, I don't know, flat tummy tea, all this extra shit, all these people that promote healthy eating habits that are celebrities. And I won't say, I've never seen Beyonce or J-Lo necessarily promoting like McDonald's, Burger King, shit like that, that I can recall. But I know a lot of other, of a lot of other celebrities that, that are doing different marketing plans. And of course, a check is a check, but at the same time, are you going to really promote something that you don't believe in for some money? The answer is yes. Do you think that Travis Scott is going to be sitting around eating quarter pounder that he's creating? No. But will he sell that bitch for some money? He will. Yes, he will. But is it backwards? Kind of. I feel like a lot of people look up to celebrities and in a time like this, we have 
probably already put so many bad things in our body. But seeing as we're in a fucking state of of a pandemic, promoting a brand that clogs your arteries, um, any type of unhealthy, like, fast food can't be good for the immune system. Fast food can't be good for your body. Any type of that promotion in a time like this really isn't necessary um, if you genuinely care about the population. So I don't think that it's proper that Travis Scott has now made a hype beast burger for McDonald's. Smart move for McDonald's. Travis Scott, probably smart move, cheap, affordable. I think the meal is going to be like six bucks. But I don't think that celebrities should be promoting unhealthy eating habits for others because it kind of influences people to eat that too. Like whatever the Kardashians do, we want to do. Whatever fucking um, little baby does, the baby, you know, people like that. You're always going to look towards them. And I don't think that promoting a fast food is, is the right move for you know, a celebrity right now, seeing as healthy eating should be the most promoted. Um, But if you guys were curious, because, you know, like me, I'm very curious. I wanted to know what the fuck was going to be in this burger anyways. And when I tell you, no, I couldn't eat that. I like like plain. I'll do like a cheeseburger, maybe, or double cheeseburger. And that's when I'm pissy drunk. And that's what I'm rocking with. This is a quarter pounder with lettuce, pickles, onions, ketchup, mustard, bacon, and then it says medium fries dipped in barbecue sauce. I don't know if the barbecue sauce is like on the side or they like pre-dip your fries, but that sounds disgusting. Or maybe they dip the fries and put them on the burger. That sounds like more like, that sounds more of his speed. I feel like he would eat a burger with fries inside of it. But I don't really know. It kind of sounds whatever. And then Sprite. Can't forget the Sprite. Honestly, I feel like Sprite is the most commonly paired Coke product. Sprite is is winning over Coke. I personally like Sprite better than Coke. I don't really find myself drinking a lot of soda. But when I do, it is Sprite. Okay, so let me go back to my justifying. Because I do sound like a hypocrite. Yes, I eat it sometimes. Whatever. Ah, ah, ah. Okay, let me put it in this way. I will never get on here and be like, oh my God, I had a McDonald's burger and it was delicious. Oh my God, I ate Taco Bell and it was the best thing in the world. When I would speak about it, I would say like, oh bitch, I had I had this the other day, you know, whatever, it's once a week. You justify it. You give yourself, you, you basically try to justify your bad eating habit and you're almost a little embarrassed by it. So if it's something that I personally am not jumping up in the like off of tables to consume, then I don't think that other people should be promoting it either. And and that's my own shit. That's how I feel. I just feel like I myself am not gonna sit here and tell people to eat something that I know I shouldn't put in my body. A lot of younger people are watching that and are paying attention to it. Like if I had a kid next year, you know, whatever. Knock on wood, y'all. But if I had a kid, I'm going to feed my kid what should go in their body or what I believe should go in their body. I'm not going to feed my kid something that I know is bad for their body because I can stop it now. So as a celebrity, 
all of their viewers, their listeners, their, um, you know, depending on what they do, whatever the fuck, fans, supporters, whatever, young, a little middle age, older, they are like your children. When you're like a fan, you're like a children, they aspire to be somewhat like you or they're inspired by your life because they're a fan, you know, they're supportive, their fans, cool. There's nothing wrong with that. I'm a fan of a lot of people and I look up to a lot of people. Well, when someone looks up to you, what they do or what they promote is something that you in turn do in in your life and what you want to do. So if Travis Scott is promoting this burger, what do you think people are going to want to do? Go to McDonald's and order everything up. That's why obviously what's understood doesn't need to be explained. It's a smart move for McDonald's for sure. I don't think it's the best move for Travis Scott. And that's just that. I just feel like if you're going to promote something, a burger in like Texas Roadhouse, some shit like that, something that fucking equivalates. I don't know. Maybe food wouldn't have been the way to go. He could have maybe did like merch with McDonald's on it. I feel like that's a thing. They did like the Hot Cheetos merch and shit. So I feel like that could, that could be a thing, but mm, I could, I could live without the burger thing. I could live without this whole Travis Scott McDonald's burger because now it's going to be the same effect of this damn K, uh, not KFC. Um, what was it? Popeye's, the Popeye's chicken sandwich. And I guiltfully went there and felt like shit after. So I regret doing it, but I only went because of the hype that was online. So now with all the hype with the Travis Scott, I'm not going to go and try the burger, but I know a lot of people will. So it's just promoting more fast food eating habits. I just, I don't I don't see the benefit of it. But who is benefiting us right now is the Sean Zone. Sean Dizzy. He don't go by that, but whatever. The Don, Sean Don, all that. Big Sean. Ah, ah, ah. Detroit 2. Let me tell you something. This man never misses. I love Big Sean. Big Sean is amazing from his creativity level to his flow to his bars to his beat choices to his producing to his music to his video production to his fucking storyline on his album. He's on his album's He is a musical genius. He's definitely in the top 15. And I say top 15 because I'm saying top 15 of all-time favorite artists that I like. Musician, creativity, everything. The people that have the whole package. Big Sean is one of my top 15. I I really love this project. I think that Detroit 2 was lit. I think Detroit 2 was created so beautifully and so thoughtfully. Um, It's definitely a tribute to his hometown, Detroit. We know this. A lot of good talent came out of Detroit. I will say, people say that Detroit is such a shitty looking place. You know, it's a city where dreams fall apart. Really, we've seen a lot of stars come out of it. I think that Detroit is a great place for music. Obviously, Detroit is one of the homes for battle rapping. Detroit is just such an underdog city. 
And when I say it like that, I mean a lot of talent comes out of there and there's a lot of heart and a lot of talent in the city. It's beautiful on the inside with the culture, but on the outside to everyone looking in, it looks gross. You don't really know it. You don't expect it. Just like you don't expect underdogs to rise. This city has given us who there's Cash Doll, Eminem, Cash Doll, Eminem, 42 Doug, T Grizzly. These are like the bigger names um, that everybody really knows. Obviously, this city is full of something because there's all these people that come out of it. Shit. Florida, we birthed a lot of geniuses, but we also birthed a lot of retards. Hence, why it's always the crazy story in Florida. So I just would say I respect Detroit as a city. I think that they gave us Big Sean. So I can always be thankful for that. But what I will say is I'm going to give you all my favorite tracks. So if you haven't listened to Detroit 2, go check it out. You should listen to Harder Than My Demons. That's basically a play on Big Sean basically working out all of the extra uh, fakeness of overproducing music and uh, basically doing too much. And he needed to find himself. He did that. So he had to work harder than his demons. All them little things in the back of his head, all them little, um, I would say, like, temptations of fame. That would probably be the best way to put that. But, yeah, like, temptations of fame. Kind of, he's not letting it get to him. He's working harder than his demons. He's still going to be him. He's going to get it done. He's going to make sure he succeeds and he's going to do it right. Um, I also would say, I'm looking at the list right now, so I'm trying to pick. I'm going to give you all my top three. So, Harder Than My Demons, Everything That's Missing. There was a line in Everything That's Missing that I really loved. And it said, I'm about to delete my Twitter and follow my intuition. I feel like the whole song was a lot about, like, it goes through winning, losing, and then basically that kind of humbling you um, and needing to step away from it in order to redesign yourself. And my, me, myself, like I told y'all, I have been IG-less. Um, it's only been a week now. I'm trying to hold it out for probably a few more weeks. Um, I have definitely was like focus on honing in on revamping my Instagram page for this podcast so you guys can really see what type of content I'm going to be bringing to you, what type of energy I want to be bringing. I want to be more active with my fans. I want to be able to give you guys what I haven't been able to because I've been so caught up in my personal life that I couldn't really hone in on my passion. Something that is always notable from a person is you can see when somebody steps back and kind of says, okay, I need to pull my my pants up and I got to get it together. And I think that's exactly what Big Sean kind of seen. Like, hey, all this stuff is happening. I need to go back to my roots. I need to step back and do what's right by the person that I say that I'm going to be. And I can feel him on that. I really do. I can feel him on rebirthing your entire image. Um, I wouldn't necessarily say image, but like rebirthing your entire like sound your character, and your craft, bringing it back to be exactly what you want it to be and what you need it to be. So I definitely think that this whole project was that for him, for him to kind of give tribute to his hometown and also give tribute to the person that he is and all the shit that he's been through, through like getting into stardom, going through wins, learning how to take losses and learn from them, 
and then still being on top and getting everything right, making sure that he's always focused. Um, I also like guard your heart. Innocent Pack and Wale assisted in creating guard your heart. I love Wale and I love Anderson Pack. I think that they are both very like um spiritually in tuned and culturally in tuned that they make a lot of sense when it comes to the conversations that we need to have. And in Guard Your Heart, Anderson Pack begins a song um with a hard line basically about like racism and then it goes into the chorus saying, Hold your head, guard your heart that whole line basically just means like hold your head up protect your feelings and your heart and stay strong to the world that we're basically putting ourselves into and being conflicted in with this whole race war and I I don't think that Big Sean could have picked two better people to really be on a song that meant that I I really don't I don't know who he could have picked that could have really, really pull in the audience that would understand what that song really meant. And he also fucking sits bars like conflicted like being cool with Pusha and Drake. Conflicted like being signed to Yay and managed by Jay. Um, that was a great song on there. And those would be like my top three, honestly. I really do I like others um as well. I love that he had a story by Erica Badu, story by Stevie Wonder. Um, story by Dave Chappelle. Those three are literally legends. I loved um, Dave Chappelle. Honestly, always gets me. He is, is so wise and so funny. And they say that the funniest people have been through so much in life. Basically, the funniest people go through the the most in life and are so strong. And they don't really let other people see their emotions as much. And sometimes we get that side of Dave Chappelle that really shows his emotions and when he was explaining how he heard of Big Sean and how it was through his father, it just meant so much. And it's always nice to see that side of someone that you don't normally always see. And I thought it was beautiful. Dave Chappelle definitely had my had the best story out of the three that were on there. But I love that he incorporated these living legends to speak on him. Like that speaks on his character overall. His the power that he has from his craft, the passion that he puts into his artwork, it all speaks for itself by the quality that he gives out. And man, when I tell you, Big Sean just doesn't miss. Now, what really stood out to me, this Friday Night Cypher, I thought it was the coolest thing he couldn't, I thought it was the coolest thing he could have incorporated on Detroit too, since Detroit is so well known for their battle raps um, or their ciphers. He put up 10 different artists. And when I tell you I seen that the song was fucking nine minutes long, I almost cut the shit off in, four minutes in. But there was hella different beats that I really fucked with. So I was like, okay. So I'm going to give y'all the top verse. Yeah. Top verse to me. Most unexpected verse. And then one I could have lived without. So, all right, out of all, out of those, my favorite verse was Cash Kid. That shit fucking hit. He said, put a body on a ratchet. I feel like Dr. Miami. What? Okay, 
let me just put it this way. It started off with, I keep dying in my dreams, but life is great when I stay woke. What? What? Yes. Uh, okay. His verse went so hard. Who was um the person that I didn't really expect, though, um, was Sada, ba- Sada Baby. I think that's his name. I don't really know who he is. I just know um the beat sounded like the... Then Makuchi loud. I don't know how the whole thing goes that they make like a dance to it, but that beat was to it, and he fucked it up. I thought it was really good, and honestly, I was I was doing the dance in the background, so I think it made it better. He's not the rapper for that song, but I feel like they took the beat from the rapper from that song. Whatever, you know. Big Sean's third verse actually was really good too. I know I was only going to tell y'all a little bit, but it was really good. And honestly, everybody that he put on the track would like hit at least a little bit, except, and I hate to say this because I know I really shouldn't say this and maybe I just don't understand it, but Eminem, I did not like Eminem's verse at all. I could have did without it. It was the longest besides Big Sean. And it was at the very end. And I'm not going to lie. I only listened to it because I respect Eminem. I know he is a legend too. But I could have did without the verse. Or I could have did with half of what he gave us. Because I ain't asked for all that. I didn't think that he needed to give us all of that. But he did anyways. Um, but yeah, nah. I wasn't really feeling Eminem's verse at the end. Because, all right, let me... Let me just break it down since I broke down everybody else's. He said, and, and this is what got me. It's, it was this for me. First, it was the way that he was rhyming his words. I kind of wasn't really feeling that. But, but should I say bye-bye, Earthlings, because I'm back on Uranus. Fucking up this grinding beat. Yeah. Okay. I see what you were um doing there. But... I personally could have did without it. I could have. That was it for me. That was the one that I was like, all right. So, yeah. It just, I don't know. I think the beat just wasn't for him. I don't know. I didn't like, I didn't like the way he delivered the freestyle, I would say. Or if it was a freestyle. I don't like the way that he delivered the verse on that beat. Let me just say that much. It wasn't a bad, it wasn't a horrible verse. It was just not something that I really asked for. Um, nor did I want after I didn't expect it. It just, it wasn't what I just thought. But, you know, whatever. Shout out to them. Shout out to Big Sean for bringing in 10 rappers that I think all of them at one point was like beefing. And he put them on a cypher for literally a hometown tribute to Detroit. All these, all these rappers come out of Detroit and he put them together, and that's city love. That really is. You don't see all artists that are from a city working together. You usually think they would, but they don't always. Not all Florida rappers rap together. Not all Atlanta rappers rap together. You know, not all New York rappers really vibe and rap together. There's a lot of people you don't see on tracks together. Um, Los Angeles, LA rappers, whatever you want to call it, Compton, all that shit. Not everybody raps together, so you don't always see a big ass group of rappers from the same city doing stuff like that. So I think it was amazing that Big Sean was able to, I guess, let them, I don't know if they were all in the room together hashing it out, but they all agreed to be on the song together. So something had to happen, or the city, the tribute to the city had to be bigger than beef. 
But I think it's a beautiful thing to definitely see that. And then we also see, shit, all that talent. That is a lot of talent. It was a great song to have it on. Um, I won't talk too much about it. Y'all just go, y'all go check it out. You tell me what the fuck you guys think. Because I thought it was a great piece of work. And I love Big Sean. And I want him to keep making music. And I love him with Janae. I just want them to have a kid together. Speaking of unexpected motherfucking triumphs. Jimmy motherfucking buckets. Yes, I just punched the air. Jimmy Buckets, he is a true underdog. I'd like to pay so much respect to him. I didn't realize that his story was as deep as it was. And I told y'all, I promise y'all, music talk, sports talk, we getting into a bit of Jimmy Butler. So what made me want to talk about Jimmy Butler is he is doing his motherfucking thing for Miami. Okay, they are sweeping. The Bucks. It was almost a full sweep if Edelton didn't save these motherfuckers because he was working his little ass off to save them. I will say that. Edelton needs a motherfucking trophy for his last game performance. That shit was... It was, he, it was notable. It definitely was. He did his thing. He saved them. Chris Middleton definitely, definitely saved them. I seen a post on Twitter, and it had basically... Um, a little short bullet points of everything that Jimmy Butler went through. And and I didn't personally know, like I don't look into players background lives all the time, unless they're a fucking Laker. Honestly, I'm gonna be honest with you. I really don't. I don't look into all that background shit unless it comes up. So when I seen this, it really took me and I was like, I need to look into it. So Jimmy Butler went from, he went from being fatherless um, basically in a non-nurturing home with his mother. His mother kicked him out at 13 because she didn't like how he looked. From jumping couch to couch to finally finding a friend that their family was loving and took him in. But his his struggle wasn't over just there. He had no D1 offers. He went to a JUCO. He faxed his Marquette letter from a McDonald's. Like, this man hustled his way to do what he needed to do. To then getting picked in the first round of his NBA draft to the Chicago Bulls, being MVP in 2015, five-time All-Star, four-time All-Defensive, two-time All-NBA. Now he has a $140 million contract with Miami Heat, and he's on the brink of sweeping the fucking number one ranked team in the league during regular season like what if that isn't a turnaround story I don't really know what is this man is on fire and I honestly see them giving the Celtics a run for their money and yes I said it I think Miami and Celtics are going to be the East matchup and I think that they're going to definitely give Celtics a run for their money now am I going to say that I think that they're going to beat the Celtics I don't know I'm thinking it's going to go to game six or game seven, for sure. Speaking of going to game six or game fucking seven, y'all know it was coming. We talking LA and Houston. And you know, I do not allow any LA slander. I don't. So if you think that's what's going to happen, it's just not. But what I will admit to, I think that we need to 
keep get it together, keep it together, and let it be that. Right now we're tied in the series, and tomorrow will be the day that we see who is going to have the upper hand. I'm still saying Lakers in game five, but let's get fucking down to it. I really thought from the first game that we were going to lock the Rockets up. I really did. We didn't. We ended up getting our ass mopped. We lost by 15. Um, and it was a hard 15. It definitely was. They definitely got, they choked our asses up um, in the third quarter. Fourth quarter came around and it just, it wasn't, it wasn't what I expected. I didn't expect it to start off with a hard loss. Um, I think that PJ Tucker is definitely one to fucking blame for that. I think that he's definitely um, one to look out for from Houston, for sure. P.J. Tucker is doing a lot. And James Harden, uh, honestly, I felt like A.D. had his ass. And then he just didn't. And they, they're they all about a foot shorter than our, than the entire Lakers team. So I really didn't understand what was going on, why the defense didn't come harder. Because in first quarter and second quarter, we tried. We were pushing with defense. And then it was like, as soon as halftime was over, it just, it wasn't it. They, they demolished us. They really did it. Just, and I say us because I take the loss personal. Um, I think that if Lakers want to stand a chance after the performance, okay, so first game, they demolished us for sure. Second game, let's go over that. I think that the Lakers came back because the Lakers knew that they could not lose. LeBron knew that they could not lose. AD knew that they could not lose. You cannot go on a losing streak with the Lakers. I feel like every time the Lakers get themselves in a losing streak, it's hard for them to necessarily push back up from it. Um, Not always, but it has been common recently. It's kind of like a a mind-playing trick. That I feel like, you know, when it's, oh, you feel like you're already losing, so you kind of give up. I feel like they tried with their might, but they almost couldn't get back up. Just like the first game, like, we kept trying, trying, trying. But it was just every time we got it to a three-point, six-point, like, deficit, they just kept scoring, and it went higher and higher. It would go from three to six, and then, boom, ten points. Like, God damn, take a break. Y'all running fast. Second game, we were down by, like, 16. I didn't get to watch the entire game, but I did check over highlights. And, yeah, that was definitely a turnaround. Help of the king. Um, I would not allow any LeBron slander. I've stopped that shit ever since he decided to come to L.A. I had to respect him, and I had to label him king. I had to put the crown on him because he did his motherfucking thing. But I will say, if the Lakers want to win it all, we, as a team, they need to get aggressive with these little guys. They're way bigger. There should be no reason. We should lock them up. We're getting exposed. How the fuck did Houston beat, barely beat Thunder? They expect to beat the Rockets and then go to the Clippers. If you got to win it all, you can't get locked down. If you can't beat a team like the Rockets, we're not going to beat a team like the Clippers. I'm just saying. 
if you can't beat Russell Westbrook isn't even playing at his best, so we're going to count him out. But James Harden, P.J. Tucker, Austin Rivers, Eric Gordon. Those are going to be your top, right, from Houston. Now, if these people are locking us, locking uh, Lakers up, if we go past game five, and I'm not thinking that it will. I'm going to say Lakers in game five, but I think that it's going to go to game six or seven for sure. So if, the, if Houston got, got them going to that, what the fuck? What the fuck is L.A. going to do with Kawhi, Paul George, Harold, Lou Will, Pat Beverly? Like, come on. What is going to happen? We got to get there. So I think that Lakers need to hone down, get defense up. I think we're there when it comes to offensive, but I think that our defensive just needs to be a little more aggressive, a little less foully, but a little more aggressive. And, yeah, just make sure our ball handling's there. Don't be afraid to step back and shoot for the three ball handling because, really, that's what it is. That's what it all comes down to. Is so important when you come, um, when you come against a team that's so defensively skilled, you have to be able to get rid of the ball and find your spot for someone who can make that shot. They need to hone in on their ball handling when it comes to a team that is so defensively equipped. Um, and not afraid to get there. And then also, shit, these motherfuckers are small as hell. I don't see why the Lakers can't just shut it down. They're all got about a foot on them. You're telling me that you can't muscle up? You got to. They got to they gotta come a little harder defensively and play a little smarter offensively if they want to lock up, if they want to lock up the Rockets moving forward. So I'm excited for game three tomorrow and I'm excited to see who takes the lead uh, but yeah that was today's episode of sorry if I offend you hope you guys enjoyed it definitely go write me on Instagram let me know what you want to hear next week 